Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Let's do this. Another day, another dollar, another edition of The Drive. You're listening to The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com, and the Odyssey app. My name is Karen Harrison. Excited to be here as we continue to get you ready for Super Bowl 58 between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. I am here in Kansas City today. Tomorrow, I will be in Las Vegas. I will be boots on the ground helping you get ready for what I anticipate to be a fantastic Super Bowl between two very good, very well-coached teams. we got a busy show planned today. Coming up in the 3 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Danny Parkins of 670 The Score in Chicago. We're also going to be joined by Bonte Hill out in 95-7 The Game in San Francisco. We're also going to have the mayor of Kansas City, Mayor Quinn Lucas, join us on the show today. Now, let me go ahead and say, I did not ask the mayor to come on the show today. The mayor asked me to come on the show today. Rob, that's how we get down over here at the drive. We don't got to reach out to people during Super Bowl week. You know what I mean? They want to be a part of what we got going on over here. The mayor reached out to me and said, hey, we'd love to come on the show this week. And I'm like, you know what? I think we can make time for you. Let me pencil you into our very busy schedule. So we pick today at five o'clock. Very excited to be joined by the mayor of Kansas City. Quentin Lucas will join us on the show today. There are a lot of things to talk to him about. We got a lot of Super Bowl stuff. We got some pizzas to give away. We got a lot playing. But before we do any of that, take it away, Rob. First things first, Carrington, it's pizza time on the drive. Dial me up right now, 913-586-7610. Call number six one's a pizza from our friends over at Pizza Tasio. Pizza Tasio is Kansas City's best New York-style pizza, and they have taken over the town. They got a new spot in Waldo, plus spots in OP, Lee Summit, Midtown, North KC, St. Joe, and even Lawrence. They also have a killer selection of craft and local beers, plus a unique wine if that's how you get down. So whether you want a full pie or maybe just slices for your Super Bowl party, be sure to visit them now at pizzatasio.com. That's pizza, T-A-S-C-I-O.com. I need you guys to do me a couple of favors. Number one, I need you listening to the drive each day at two o'clock. Number two, I need you to tell one friend. I don't need you to tell two friends, but I need you to tell one friend that if you want some of the best pizza in Kansas City and some of the best big game coverage, then keep it locked in right here on 610 Sports Radio. I also need you to continue to push for us to have Cam Newton on the show tomorrow. There are not too many things that I am specifically like, I want this for me. I want Cam Newton to be on the show, and I imagine that you guys want me to be happy. So, Cam Newton, just wish, hope, pray that he comes on the show tomorrow. I would really appreciate it. Let's get into this. 
Today's theme of the show is going to be a lot of my confidence that I have in heading into this game. Also, some of the fear that I have heading into the game. I'm going to try to be balanced on both sides because there are things that I am very confident in heading into this matchup between these two things. But there also is some things that I think San Francisco was going to be able to do well. And I think San Francisco has an advantage. And we'll talk about those things over the course of the day. I think maybe the perfect way to start this show is I do not think that this game is about the Chiefs. From a storyline perspective, most of the storylines for Kansas City is very big picture and about their dynasty. It is about how you feel about Andy Reid in a historic sense. It is about how you feel about Patrick Mahomes and how he measures up to Tom Brady. Travis Kelsey and his relationship and him being the greatest tight end to ever play in the history of the NFL. Not most of the conversation that I've heard about Kansas City on either the local or national level has really been about the individual game. It's been big picture. It's been about the accomplishment of going to four Super Bowls in the last five years. It has been about the incredible resume of Patrick Mahomes. Kansas City's scope, at least for this, is very, very big. It is the exact opposite for San Francisco. This game boils down to two people on their side. Let's start with the head coach, Kyle Shanahan. I have never seen an offensive coordinator take as many arrows for a team's loss the way that Kyle Shanahan does. Maybe the most epic collapse that any of us have ever seen. They had a 28-3 lead when he was the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons over the New England Patriots. I know I got my jokes off. I imagine you got your jokes off. Oh, it was fun because at that moment, I thought we were watching the death of the New England Patriots, and it was in perfect 4K HD for everybody to see. Well, Tom Brady and Julian Edelman and James White, they had other ideas, and they put together one of the most impressive comebacks that I've ever seen. Dan Quinn does not really wear the brunt of the responsibility for that collapse. Neither does Matt Ryan. Neither does Julio Jones. No one on the Atlanta Falcons really wears that than Kyle Shanahan. They had a 28-3 lead. There's a lot of conversation about their inability to run the ball late or their reluctance to run the ball late with Devontae Freeman. Kyle Shanahan is the one who gets blamed for the Super Bowl loss. Fast forward a few years later, he leaves Atlanta. He gets a chance to go be a head coach. He's earned that opportunity as one of the best young offensive minds in the NFL. Well, what do you know? He takes Jimmy Garoppolo to a Super Bowl. And in that Super Bowl, they had a 20 to 10 lead. Patrick Mahomes was not playing well for the first, I don't know, 52 minutes of the game. San Francisco defensively did about as well as you can imagine that you would do against that player in that stage. They were up 10 with less than eight minutes to go and lost the game by double digits. Kyle Shanahan is the one that wears that. And his decision to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and bring in Brock Purdy, and we certainly will get to Brock Purdy here coming up in a bit. But the reason I think that more of the storylines are on San Francisco's side more so than Kansas City's side is, there is nothing more for Kansas City to prove heading into this game. Obviously, you want to win. Obviously, you want to play well. 
is anyone going to feel different about their standing of Patrick Mahomes, whether they win or lose? Are you going to feel different about Travis Kelsey and whether he's the best tight end or Andy Reid? It feels like all the places for Kansas City or solidified. You can't say that about San Francisco. I think the person who has the most to gain and potentially lose in this is Kyle Shanahan. I think Kyle Shanahan is the second best coach in the National Football League, and I think he's proven that over the last five years. But his contemporaries have started to win championships and started to have success. You, it's evaded you. It's eluded you so far in your career. Can you win this game? Or more importantly, are you going to be the reason that your team loses this game? Because I feel very confident about Andy Reid, who's played and coached in this game Many a time. I don't know if you can feel that way about Kyle Shanahan heading into this matchup. The other player is Brock Purdy. There is not a soul alive who has any questions about Kansas City's quarterback. He has answered every question that you can have over the last six years. You wanted to see how he looked without Tyreek Hill. Well, they won a Super Bowl. You wanted to see this team go on the road. You wanted to see him play through injury. Every achievement, he has checked off that list. At this point, he's playing the game simply for fun. He is playing the game to get 100% completion. He has done just about everything that you can possibly do as an NFL player. No one questions number 15. On the other hand, the other team's quarterback has all the questions in the world. I think this game, at least in the short term, has much greater of an impact for San Francisco than I think it has for Kansas City. I already consider Kansas City to be a dynasty. The results of this game do not shape my opinion. If you have been to six straight AFC championship games and four Super Bowls, you are a dynasty. I think the Chiefs have earned that moniker. They are the team of the 2020s. They have already solidified that, and we are four years into the 2020s. And I'm imagining that over the remaining six years, we'll see more success, more championships, more AFC championship game, more divisional titles. There's no reason to think otherwise. The responsibility, the burden of proof in this matchup is in San Francisco's side. Even though they're the favorite, even though the computer tells you that they're going to win, that is not the proverbial wisdom. That is not the wisdom, I think, in the media. That's not the wisdom, I think, if you're looking at how the public is betting on this game. It is not just people in Kansas City or Chiefs fans that feel good about this game. It is overall. It is overwhelming that the public believes that Kansas City is going to win this game. So despite the overwhelming success that San Francisco has had over the last year or half or so, Kansas City has proven and overcome every single obstacle that you could possibly have as an NFL team. There is still one obstacle left for San Francisco to accomplish, and a lot of people don't think that they will be able to do it. Coming up on the other side, there was an observation that I had about Super Bowl Media Week, and I'll tell you what it is. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This Super Bowl week has been very boring. And I don't say that as a negative. I say it as, at least from a team perspective, this is an overwhelming positive in what I imagine both coaches want. We know the Chiefs. The Chiefs do not play the media game. They do not play the bulletin board material, talk to eat. That is not the game that the Chiefs play. What's the biggest storyline been this week? Because last week, you remember, Jed York said something and Nick Bosa said a little something. But, I mean, since these teams have landed in Las Vegas, what has been the biggest storyline talking point this week? The field? I mean, we haven't heard any quote from a Kansas City player, haven't heard any quote from a member on San Francisco It's just been quiet. It's been incredibly reserved. It's been very uneventful. And I'm guessing that is how both teams and both coaches like it. I was reading a story earlier today, and it was about Travis Kelsey, how he has remained comfortable in the chaos of the Super Bowl. I mean, I would say that both teams, there is intense media pressure and you have media obligations that you just don't have for any other game. Patrick Mahomes talks, what, two times a week? He talks on Monday and he talks on Wednesday, and that's really it? Well, you got to talk every single day leading up to the game. Same thing with every other player that's available, every other coach. And 75 80% of the questions have nothing to do with the actual football game. They're either fun stories that you want to go back and forth. They're nonsense directed to try to trip you up. Or just bad questions. The fact that we are basically done with Super Bowl week and tomorrow neither team's going to talk. So all of the conversation, at least from the two teams, is just about over. There's going to be no more information from the San Francisco side. No more information from the Kansas City side. This has just been a very uneventful week. The star of Super Bowl week is in Tokyo. As big as Patrick Mahomes has been, the biggest Pat, uh, as Travis Kelsey has been, the star of Super Bowl week is not even in the country. That person has been the most talked about person of Super Bowl week. This is just a pretty uneventful, under the radar. There isn't any hot, there isn't any bulletin board, there isn't any click hot baity stuff coming out of this Super Bowl. This is a, this is a, a pretty reserved game. 
it's a big delineation from the previous two games the Chiefs have played in because I don't know if an NFL player uses what other NFL players say as motivation, but, you know, I feel like they do. Going into the Buffalo game, we had Deion Dawkins talking spicy. He's never done in Buffalo. Let's see. We could stay home and eat Buffalo wings after the game. And Bills fans were fired up, and it was the whole deal. The Ravens were doing a lot of talking. You know, Roquan Smith was talking. Patrick Queen was talking. You know, we'll see what they can do in Baltimore. They, they put their pants on the same way. It was, it was a chirpapalooza. And for people like me and you, that is the dream scenario. But I imagine when Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid's head hit the pillow tonight in Las Vegas at, or wherever they're staying, and neither one of them are actually on the strip, they are both going to be happy that they made it through the media circus and neither team got asked about, hey, can you believe player X from the other team said this? The only thing we got from media week was Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes were a little bit amped up by getting booed at media day. Other than that, it has been quiet. So, For us, it stinks. For the players, teams, and coaches, this is a dream scenario. I want to play some audio for you, and this is a storyline that has emerged in Super Bowl Media Week that we really weren't expecting. So we learned that Eric Bieniemy spoke to the team before the Baltimore game. Andy Reid was asked about it. Here was his answer during Super Bowl media availability. Actually came in and talked to our team um, before our last game, so he... uh, uh, talked to the offensive guys and hung out with us uh, in our meetings. So I have had a chance to talk to him. Um, and he's he's still up for a couple jobs. Yeah. What do you think his future is in coaching? And would there be a spot on your staff if it doesn't work out for him somewhere else? Yeah, I I can't answer the last part because I've I've no spots right now. Um, uh, uh, but I, I would tell you. I think his um, coaching future is great. I mean, I'm obviously a big fan of his, and I know the things that he he can do. I haven't heard too many people have this conversation about Eric Bieniemy, so let's have it here. I give Eric Bieniemy a lot of credit for the decision that he made last year. A lot of people get very comfortable in their jobs, get great job security and make career decision based off that security. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if your dream, if your goal is to be an NFL head coach, I think that Eric Bieniemy made the only decision possible that would put him on that path. It was clear that being the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs was not going to get you a head coaching job in the NFL. You interviewed for almost every opening that was available and nobody hired you. And one of the overwhelming sentiments about why you didn't get a job was, well, we got to see you call plays. We have to see you do it without Patrick Mahomes. We have to see you do it without Andy Reid. And if you do that, maybe there will be a golden ticket waiting at the end of it and you can get to go inside Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. And he was like, all right, hey, I'm willing to do it. So he went to Washington. He teamed up with Sam Howell and Brian Robinson Jr. and Terry McLaurin and said, hey, you know what? I'll give it an old college try. I'll do the absolute best that I can do. Well, his best wasn't good enough. He was not retained as the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. He, to my knowledge, didn't really interview in a whole lot of places. And a quarter of the league was open three, four weeks ago. 
it's over for Eric Bieniemy in my mind. I do not think that he is a viable candidate anymore. Your window sometimes is like that. And there was a chance where he was the hot candidate. Any job opening, you had to talk to Eric Bieniemy. There was pressure from the media. You have to interview Eric Bieniemy. You have to go interview him. Everybody's moved on. No one's talking about Eric Bieniemy anymore, at least for, hey, why didn't he get the Seattle job? Hey, why is he not up for e-? That's over. Plenty of jobs were available. Plenty of jobs were open. Nobody's talking about EB anymore. The sun is set on Eric Bieniemy to me and his opportunity to be a head coach. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is we applaud players for betting on themselves. And I give you credit. Hey, you, you are willing to go out on a limb and you are willing to make a risky decision and you are willing to put your faith, your trust in one basket and go see what can happen. And sometimes that pays big. Sometimes you also lose. You can win when you go to the craps table. Plenty of people win. A lot of people roll seven. A lot of people roll snake, snake eyes on the come out roll and you lose your money. Isn't that what happened with Eric Bieniemy? You had a great, comfortable job being the offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs, working with Patrick Mahomes, working with Andy Reid, working with Travis Kelsey. Now, you were never going to get any of the credit for their team's success or the development of their star quarterback, but you had great job security, and you were a part of something bigger than yourself. He made the decision to go a different path, and I applaud him for that, but it didn't work out. Is Eric Bieniemy going to be an offensive coordinator next year in the NFL? So he goes from just a year ago, offensive coordinator in the Super Bowl, team scores 38 points, and you are willing to now step out and take another opportunity. Fast forward a year later, he just got fired from the Washington Commanders, and is he going to be on somebody's staff as an offensive coordinator, or is he now going to take a demotion, or is he going to finally have to go to the college ranks which he obviously has turned down every single time. He could be the head coach of Colorado right now. Before Deion Sanders and Coach Prime, that was Eric Bieniemy's job if he wanted it. I want to be an NFL head coach. Sometimes you, you, you go out on the limb and you take a chance. Sometimes it doesn't work out. It did not work out for Eric Bieniemy. I mean, Therese always said the contract year was undefeated, and I know that it was a little different for coaching, but – Eric Bieniemy didn't get the reward after his contract here with the Chiefs. They won the Super Bowl last year with him as offensive coordinator. And the offense scored 38 in the Super Bowl to do it. The offense was the king last year. I know the Chiefs are built on defense this year. Last year they were an offensive-minded team. And he had to leave to go to Washington. And now we agree his head coaching NFL prospects have totally dried up. I don't... I don't think he's ever going to be an NFL head coach, and that stinks. What really stinks is because of the cycle and the timeline and this, that, and the other, is he going to be an offensive coordinator next year, or is he going to be someone's pass game or run game coordinator? Is he going to be a senior analyst? I know it's college, but Art, uh, Gary Patterson just got hired at Baylor as a you know defensive high-level analyst. Is that Eric Bieniemy's future? And how many guys go from that to coordinator back? Did Eric Bieniemy get one shot to prove it outside of Kansas City and fail? I get your point. Betting on yourself doesn't always win, but shouldn't you be able to bet on yourself more than once and have another chance? I mean, if hey, if the world is saying, hey, you failed because Sam Howell isn't good and congrats on demotions, that seems like an unfair cold world. 
I'm going to make an analogy that some of you might get, some of you may not get. Rob, I know you don't love The Wire the way that I love The Wire. Eric Bieniemy is Bodie. Like, at the end of Bodie's character, Bodie realized that the game was rigged. Hey, I have done everything I was supposed to do, and I have been an incredible employee. Yet, what has it gotten me? It hasn't gotten me anything. That's Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy has had success at every single stop in the National Football League. Now, he has a little bit of a history, but since he has been in the National Football League, Eric Bieniemy has been stand up and has moved up the ranks from position coach to offensive coordinator to Super Bowl offensive coordinator. He has had success every single step of the way. It ain't enough. Some people... You do everything you were supposed to do. You check every single box. It still doesn't end the way that you want to. I feel bad for Eric Bieniemy. Things should have ended very differently for Eric Bieniemy than they've ended. But this is the lot in life that you had. You decided to go out and you decided to, you wanted to start a business for yourself. And if that business had gone successful, you could have sold it and been a millionaire. Well, you guys went out of business in three months. I mean, Washington's offense. Don't, you weren't the offensive coordinator for Houston this year. <laughs> you weren't the offensive coordinator for a team that scored a lot of points and went out there and caught the league by five. That, that's not at all what happened this year. Not even a little bit. And in the end, now you're sitting there. The coaching carousel has almost come to a stop. All the coaches are hired. They're starting to kind of make their moves. And now you were sitting on the outside looking in. Maybe you get a job somewhere. Maybe somebody brings you in as an offensive coordinator. I mean, the NFL combine is less than two weeks away. Like less than two weeks away. If you don't get a job here by the combine, it is safe to say that you will not be getting a job. At least not the one you want. You might be back on a position coach. You can be a running back coach somewhere. You are not calling. They are not announcing you as the offensive coordinator in March for a team. That is not how it works. You go to the combine as the offensive coordinator of the Indianapolis Colts. They don't bring you on after that process. You've already started making your decision on who you're going to draft at that point. I think Eric Bieniemy is definitely behind the eight ball. Coming up on the other side, I want to go through some of the things that I'm confident in heading into the Super Bowl and also some of the things that I'm worried about and think that San Francisco poses to be a very, very dangerous threat. We'll start with that coming up on the other side. Keep it right here, so Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT on 610 Sports Radio. All right, so I am going to go through some things over the course of the show that I am very confident in heading into the game and also some things that I'm worried about. If you want to call in and tell me I'm crazy, if you agree or disagree, you can do so. 913-586-7610. You can text in, too. That works as well. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Bonte Hill of 95.7 The Game in the Bay Area, and we'll get his take on Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. So, Rob, let's start with what I am confident in with Kansas City. You know, I want to lead with positivity, you know. I feel very confident that the Chiefs will be able to run the football on Sunday. I feel very confident that they are going to be committed to running the football. Look at what we saw in the first two postseason games against San Francisco's defense. Aaron Jones had 18 carries for 108 yards. David Montgomery had 15 carries for 93 yards. And Jameer Gibbs had 45 yards rushing. And Jamison Williams had 42 yards rushing. Detroit ran it 29 times for 182 yards and three touchdowns. The two teams that have gone up against this San Francisco defense so far this postseason have ran the ball incredibly effectively against them. There is no doubt in my mind with this offensive line going up against that defensive line for the San Francisco 49ers that they're going to have some success. I want to play this audio. This is Steve Wilkes. He is the defensive coordinator of the San Francisco 49ers. Used to be Missouri's defensive coordinator. Here's what he said about the effort that he saw from his team in the NFC championship game. Collectively as a team, I can tell you as a defense, it's unacceptable. All right, and we talked about that. Uh, I wish I could tell these guys on play four, on play 27, this is what's going to happen. You don't know. Uh, So we got to make sure that we play every down as if it's going to be the difference in the ball game. And you could see on those two particular plays, uh, it wasn't to our standard. And those guys understand and know that, and quite honestly, it was embarrassing. I think the San Francisco defense is really dragging to the finish line. I really do. I think that you're going to be able to run the football effectively against them. I think the Chiefs are going to be able to to control the line of scrimmage. My message in these games have not changed. It is about running the football, being balanced, trusting your formula. More Rice, more Pacheco, more Kelsey, less of everything else. You have done that so far through the first three games of the postseason, and it has worked for you. There is nothing I have seen so far from San Francisco's defense in the 120 minutes of playoff football that I saw them play that would lead me to believe that you should do anything different against them or change things up. This is the game in which Isaiah Pacheco needs to get 15, 20, 
25 carries in this game. You were committed to running the football against Baltimore. You should show that same level of commitment against San Francisco, and I think they're going to do so. I mean, you know how I feel about the run game. You just, you know. But I feel like too often we look at the AFC title game when, oh, Andy Reid ran the ball 24 times. Andy Reid was still Andy Reid in that AFC title game. They threw it 39, 40 times. So if the game script goes like the AFC title game, would you have considered that a commitment to the run game? Because if if that's coming to the run, cool. I'm not going to argue with you. But I think throwing 40 times is Andy Reid being Andy Reid. And that's, you know, two to one or three quarters past a run. Like I just, if you count that, is coming to the run, then I agree with you. The Chiefs will stay committed. But if you want them to be closer to what they were against Miami or even Buffalo, where they were a lot more run heavy, I don't know you're going to see that level of commitment in the Super Bowl because that's just not who Andy Reid is. Yeah, I just think in the AFC Championship game, it's kind of hard, I think, to maybe evaluate it based on, like, the raw numbers when it comes to it. I mean, they ran 73 plays. I mean, they ran 16 more plays in the Baltimore Ravens. So in that game, you're right. I mean, they did throw it a bunch. They threw it 39 times. They also ran it 32 times as well. I thought they showed a great commitment to running the football. If I had told you before the AFC championship game, hey, Kansas City is going to run it twice as much as the Ravens do in a game that was close for basically entirety of I know Kansas City got up double digits, but this was a game that felt close. It felt like, hey, one big play from Baltimore could break it open and they almost got it until Snee forces the fumble. I'm happy with what Kansas City did in their commitment to running the football and really sticking with it, even though it didn't give you great success. Isaiah Pacheco had 68 yards rushing. Like, he did not have a great day. They stayed committed to it. I think they're going to have a lot more success being able to run the ball against San Francisco based on what I saw them do in the AFC Championship game. You can fade the music down a little bit. This is the first thing that I am concerned about heading into this game. You guys know I love my basketball analogies. Let me give you one. I watch enough college basketball. I won't say that I watch a lot of college basketball, but I watch enough college basketball. And I watch enough to know that I don't care how good your team is. They are going to go in a four to six minute lull in which they don't score. Where you are just simply watching your team run up and down the court. Miss shots. Four to six minutes every single time. If you cheer for the team that I cheer for, that four to six minutes is really like eight to ten minutes that almost for a half of a half, they are not going to score. And it is going to be absolutely miserable. The Chiefs kind of have their version of that. There is going to be a stretch in this game. I don't know when, but we saw it against Buffalo where it was, oh, they're not scoring again. You remember heading into the fourth quarter, they had three straight possessions. They didn't score at the end of the game, and it somewhat left the door open for Buffalo to go down the field and potentially win that football game. They missed the kick. That's that's football. Fast forward to the Baltimore Ravens game. As much as I have been applauding the formula, and I am still with run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, get the ball to your playmakers. The Chiefs scored zero points in the second half of the game, and Baltimore's defense started to play better and better and started to feed on it. And it was almost like the Chiefs that we had seen as stretches over the course of the regular season, that the defense was pleading with the offense, please give us something. But Lamar would throw an interception or they had a fumble on the red zone when it came to Zay Flowers. 
I thought the Ravens defense played pretty well for the most part. I thought their defense did everything that you can expect. And if you hold Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City's offense to under seven or uh, under 21 points, a hold them to 17 points, you feel like you should be able to win. One of the major reasons why I disagree with Peter King that this game is going to be high scoring is there's just kind of come like this offense's punch. Their haymaker isn't nearly as strong as it used to be. And there's just going to be four or five possessions that they have that are just empty possessions. Whether a touchdown gets taken off the board, whether they get a three and out, whether you want them to run on a third and two and they run some kind of end around goofy play that gets stopped in the end zone because Andy had too much time and was watching the 1957 Armed Forces Bowl. I don't know. But my fear in this is their offense is going to hit a lull. And we are going to be at the same place that we always are. Hey, defense, you got to bail us out of this scenario. Hey, you got to stop Christian McCaffrey here. You got to stop Brandon Ayuk. You got to stop Debo Samuel here. And I wonder if their defense is going to be able to do it. They have done it every single time. But in the game against the Las Vegas Raiders, their defense played well for 58 minutes. It was one drive. Hey, if you get Patrick Mahomes the ball back, you win this game. The Raiders ran it three straight times. They got 60 yards. They won the game. This team is better at running the football than the Raiders are. That is one of my fears heading into this game. To piggyback off that, usually that lull that we see from the offense, at least in the losses, and I know no one's talking about the losses right now because it's the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl's in, what, four days, but in those losses, that lull you're speaking about is usually early. Like, Let's evaluate each of the Chiefs' losses. The Lions game, they were down early. I think they were down multiple scores in the Lions game early. So the offense had a lull coming out the chute. That led to the Lions jumping on them, and it was a lot of, Pat, we need you to figure it out while the defense just tries to tread water. There was the first Bills game. The Bills were up 14-0 in the first Bills game. It was the offense, the defense came out, took a punch. Okay, now let's counter. We're figuring it out. But they were just begging Pat, go figure it out, please. We've survived the punch. Go get them. The Eagles game, the Eagles jumped out early. I mean, game after game, the Chiefs have lost. That lull you're speaking about, that college basketball dry run, usually is the first quarter. And that is something the Chiefs have done an excellent job of combating in this playoff run. They jumped out ahead of the Dolphins. They jumped out ahead of the Bills. They jumped out ahead of the Ravens. They did a good job, but that lull, that dry spell, that moment in a college basketball game where it's like the under eight until a timeout's called at two minutes to go where you're like, man, no baskets are made. That usually happens in the first quarter for the Chiefs in the games they've lost. There's a trend there. There's a pattern. So if that lull hits early, if it's Chiefs three and out, Niners go score, Chiefs three and out, and it's 10 nothing. You have already experienced the lull. I worry that lull comes early because that's where they've lost games. Yeah, I disagree with you there. I think it's actually in the second half. Like, if you look at the numbers, there are only three teams that scored fewer points in the second half of games this year than Kansas City. It was the Jets, Tennessee, and the Patriots. Like, this was not a good second half offense. I don't have any questions about the first 15, 20 plays that they call for both teams. Like, you have given Kyle Shanahan two weeks. You have given Andy Reid two weeks. You're going to see so much misdirection and motion and screen plays. Oh, that first 15 is going to be magical. I love a Travis Kelsey first touchdown of the game. 
Chiefs get the ball first. They go down the field and score, take a 7-0 lead. You were thinking, oh, boy, you better hold on. Kansas City's going to score a lot of points today. They haven't been great in the second half of games this season. And you might need to play a full 40 in order to beat the San Francisco 49ers team. What if this game does turn into a shootout? Do you have enough offense in the second half? So if you're asking me, hey, what are you really confident in heading into this matchup? I'm very confident that they can run the football. They have shown a commitment to running the ball. And the two teams that have gone up against this defense in the postseason have had success. There's no reason for me to think that Kansas City won't have success on their offensive front. You have your offensive line relatively healthy. I know you're not going to have Joe Tooney, but if you're telling me Nick Allegretti, a guy who this is going to be his second Super Bowl start is stepping in, I think you're more than capable up front. I'm confident that they can run the ball. I got my worries about their offense and just are they going to have four or five empty possessions in this game and you were then asking your defense against an offense that is very diverse, very versatile. You're asking them to also hold during that same stretch and if they're going to be able to do it. I too worry about those lulls. Like the Chiefs have survived this postseason without having to be in a game where it's an offensive back and forth firepower kind of game. The Chiefs have had those we have to go be great offensive games in basically every other postseason run. We haven't seen it yet in this run. And I worry that they don't have the punch to do that. We saw it last year in the Super Bowl. They had to get to 38. That's an, a game that if that's played today, I don't know the Chiefs can get back to 38. We saw the 13 seconds game. The Chiefs got to 40. Gave up 35 plus. I'm worried they can't do that again. They have survived so far this postseason with making the most of the times they've scored and surviving those dry runs. If it becomes a shootout, I do worry about the Chiefs because four or five empty possessions in a game that has 10 is a real problem if the Niners can get to 20, 24, 27 points. Text line 913-586-7610. CDOT, the Chiefs have played the two best teams in the NFL in their last two games. San Francisco was in the Super Bowl on hope and luck. This game is going to be similar to the Miami playoff game with more scoring by the Chiefs. I mean, if you feel that way, that's perfectly fine. Then you just don't think San Francisco is very good. And we just fundamentally disagree on San Francisco. Like, I, I think San Francisco is a good team. I think that Kansas City is a better team. But you guys know I, I did not like Miami really at any point in the season. And all they did was confirm how I felt in the postseason. I think that San Francisco is a, a good, capable team that I think could match up potentially fairly well with the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up at the top of the hour, we'll be joined by Bonte Hill. He's going to join us on the show today. He covers the San Francisco 49ers. We will get his thoughts coming into Super Bowl 58 between the Chiefs and the Niners. We will uh, catch up with him. He is in Las Vegas. Text line 913 uh, CDOT, no one is scared of the Niners. You two have been doing this dance for the past month. The big bad Buffalo Bills and the big bad Ravens. Stop it. I want to be clear here. Don't say you two here. That is not me. That's been robbed the last couple of weeks. No, I will fight these allegations. That is not me. I did not do this. I feel very confident saying that I did not do this. No, I've been very confident about the Chiefs for the last month or so. Rob on the other. Do not put me and Rob in the same boat. No, I'm not locking arms. That's my brother, but not on this. No, I got to let him. I got to throw him to the wolves on this one. I mean, it's not like there wasn't reason to be scared of the Bills and Ravens. Like, let's, I was wrong. Hand up, Mia culpa, the whole deal. 
But let's not act like the Chiefs went out there, rolled the ball in the field, won 45 nothing over these two teams. There was reasons to be scared of the Bills. There were reasons to be scared of the Ravens. And there are absolutely reasons to be scared of the Niners. I'm not picking the Niners because unlike the Bills and the Ravens, the Niners have a quarterback I don't trust. I don't believe in. So there's a difference. But the idea that we shouldn't have been afraid as Chiefs fans of the Bills is nonsense to me. The idea that we should have been afraid of the Ravens on the road is nonsense to me. And the idea that they're just going to roll the ball out there and beat the hope and luck Niners is also nonsense to me. These are three really good football teams. Yeah, and I guess I would say, though, like to that of, you know, you shouldn't be scared. Look at Buffalo. Look at the Ravens. Now, we can play the what if game, right? I'm, I'm not here trying to like, oh, well, they, you know, the Chiefs should have lost. Buffalo had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to go win the football game. Like, Buffalo had a chance to win the game. It was close. Kansas City made more plays late, but Buffalo had a chance to win. It took an incredible defensive play from Sneed to make that game feel comfortable for Kansas City. If Sneed is a hair second late on that play and Zay Flowers scores, it is a completely different scenario. So I'm not saying that you should be worried about San Francisco or you should be scared. I would just be surprised if Kansas City blows out San Francisco in this game. They dominated Miami, and Miami was never really in that game at any point. I don't think that's what this game is going to be. I think it's going to be like the Ravens and the Bills game. I think it's going to be close in the fourth quarter, and I trust Kansas City to make one or two more plays mostly on the defensive side, to go out and win this game. But Buffalo had a chance to win late. They just didn't make enough plays. Baltimore had a chance to win that game. They just didn't make enough plays late. I think that San Francisco, just based on what we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs over the course of the season, I think this game is going to be within reach for San Francisco in the fourth quarter. And you trust that Patrick Mahomes is going to make one or two more plays than the other team's quarterback. He did that last week with MVS and the big catch down the middle of the field. You also trust your defense is going to be able to get off the field the way that they did or make the big play against the Baltimore Ravens or get the stop against Josh Allen late. And that is the difference in you winning the game. I, I agree. I mean, Peter King has been covering football longer than I've been alive. So maybe he's right and I'm way off, but I don't see a shootout. I think this game is going to mirror maybe the Bills game more than the Ravens game and the fact that one of these teams is going to have the ball late with a chance to go win the game up against their team defense. It's going to give the Chiefs a chance to go down the field and ice it down or the Niners are going to have a chance to go down the field and it's going to be strong on strong. I feel like this game's 24-21, 27-24, 17-21, something in that category where there are stops, but there's also some scoring and there's also some fun, but... The idea of this game being 35-31 from Peter King, just I don't understand the game script, how he got there. But again, he's covered football longer than I've been alive. Coming up on the other side, we'll head to the Bay Area and be joined by Bonte Hill of 95-7, the game in San Francisco. I will tell him you guys' confidence. You guys are going into, hey, we about to put it on the table and we about to put it on you guys in an absolute beatdown in the Super Bowl. We'll uh, get Bonte's thoughts on that coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.